0: Wow, um, I've had the privilege of being there, uh, saw the school, Kathy was with me uh, when we went and Michaela, Cody, uh, they were with us when we got to go in 2000 and I believe it was 18 that we were there and I was privileged to speak in the Bible college there for a whole week sharing with these uh, young men and young women who came, didn't couldn't afford it but like Bright said the generosity of those who have given uh, to the ministry that uh, has caused that to happen. Lisa and I support uh, $25 a month for one of the children uh, there in the school, food, clothing, education. If you are interested in that, speak to Bright, he can help you with that. At the end of the service, you've placed your regular offering in the kiosk in the back. Anything that you wanna give to this ministry, Pastor Rick Wickham, his lovely wife uh, Donna, and all of the ministry partners there in Ghana. Place it on the altar. If you write a check, write it to Grace Life Church. We will make sure that they get all of that. If you give cash, it will also be given uh, to the ministry uh, there. But if you want to further uh, give towards that ministry as we do uh, on a monthly basis, he can help you uh, with that, twenty-five dollars a month. Uh, recently, I downloaded this app called Truebill, and Truebill tracks my spending. And Truebill told me that I was spending too much at Starbucks, uh, and I had to cut the spending at Starbucks. And when I did that, I realized uh, that number one, I didn't miss the five-dollar coffee. It really should be called five bucks, not Starbucks. Uh, but the coffee at home is just as good, and it's cheaper, and it gives me um, resources uh, that I can, that you know, especially with gas prices going up and other things. So Matthew's girlfriend Bailey is being baptized this morning at her church, so he's not with us this morning. So I'm trying to run media <laughs> during worship, but I had to set it down and uh, just uh, worship the Lord this morning. My heart was being uh, touched, and the Spirit of God was ministering to me as we ministered to him, and I hope you felt uh, the same this morning. Again, as Matthew said on the screens, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Thank all of you watching online. If you would grab your smart devices or your Bibles, whatever you're going to use to look at the scriptures this morning, we will go to God's word here in just a second. Um, Tag somebody, invite someone to watch us, share our online um, post right now so others can catch it. But we are in the second week of our series on the gospel of the kingdom. Did anybody learn anything last week about the three ingredients of the kingdom? Well, if you weren't here, I will review it with you in just a second. But I believe uh, this next few sentences, this paragraph that I'm going to share with you, is posted on our gracelifewv.com website uh, about our church, and this is Kind of a little synopsis, one part of our statement of faith. How many of you have never read that? You don't know. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Online, you can catch that. But part of it says this. We believe that the kingdom of God is a present and an ongoing reality in the believer. No amens. Can I get, does anybody believe that the kingdom of God is a present and an ongoing reality in the life of the believer? We believe that the new covenant is the constitution of the kingdom and it's destined to fill all of the earth. We believe this is being accomplished through a church willing to be salt and light in the earth. This next part I really like. We believe that the church is the embassy of the kingdom of heaven on the earth with the goal of distributing and exporting the goods of the kingdom through multiple ministries and ambassadors until the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. I think that's really good to believe that we have a present reality. And we are growing, we are reaching, we are advancing, we are connecting, and we are exalting the Lord. If you realize that's G-R-A-C-E, that's grace. Now, we established last week that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are synonymous terms. They are the same thing. Matthew, writing to Jews, calls it the kingdom of heaven, because he would not write the name of Yahweh God he would not it was too holy he wouldn't put it on paper so he referred to in his writing to other Jews of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven and then mark luke and john and even in the epistles we hear it referred to as the kingdom of God same thing one's not in heaven and the other on earth The headquarters of the kingdom is in another dimension that is invisible, but the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. So it's an invisible kingdom from an invisible realm that dwells in the life of every believer. We also established last week that the kingdom of God is made visible in the earth through the believer. It becomes manifested and it operates in the earth through the believer. And we establish that three ingredients of the kingdom that you already possess, that you don't work towards earning, come from Romans the 14th chapter, verse 17. It's not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. That means that you have been deemed approved through the evaluation and the examination of the Father, and he has judicially approved you and accepted you in the Beloved. That's good stuff right there. You're not working to earn that. That has been, it is the gift of righteousness. The next ingredient was peace. This means quiet rest, it means completeness and wholeness. It means to be set at one again. It's the Hebrew word shalom that has with it and carries well being and prosperity. And we spoke of joy. Joy is the awareness of the favor and the grace of God that is always leaning to you. We get the word rejoice because of the word joy, and I'm thankful that there's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Every house and every temple, would you raise your hand right now? There's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. There's no joy in this place unless we, the people of God, are aware of the grace and the favor of God. This morning, I feel directed to go in the way of advancing the kingdom. We established last week what the kingdom was, three ingredients of the kingdom. Uh, We're going to look how do we advance righteousness, peace, and joy in the earth? And it is amazing that the Holy Spirit has taken me to the book of Daniel. I've gone to the book of Daniel to share with you a new covenant, principle, and reality. I believe it is important for us to see that this invisible kingdom that is within us becomes a visible reality through us as it's manifested in the earth. We need to go to Daniel, the seventh chapter, verse number nine. and I believe this will encourage you this morning because it sure did me as I was studying. Verse nine, Daniel's vision. I watched till the thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days was seated. Uh, Let me stop and give you a little commentary. The Ancient of Days is God the Father. Okay, And he is already seated. His garment is white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne a fiery flame, and its wheels a burning fire. Didn't know God was in a wheelchair. It's a throne with wheels on it and they're fiery. That's pretty awesome right there. Can you imagine a throne with wheels on it that look like fire? A fiery steam issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him and the court was seated and the books were opened. Go to verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. We have established that the Ancient of Days is God the Father. Now there is one like the Son of Man, that is Christ, the Messiah. And he says here that he was watching, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming. Now look at this next word with me. What is the word? He was coming with, not in. We get so messed up within the clouds. doesn't say he's coming in the clouds. It says he's coming with the clouds. Hebrews establishes that the clouds are not the white puffy things in the sky. They are people. So how does Christ come? He comes in his people. He comes through his people. He was coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days. Could I borrow Gary and Darius for just a second? Put your notebooks down. Ancient of Days, Gary, because you're just a little bit older, you stand over here. Stand over there, brother. Ancient of Days. This is the one like the Son of Man, Christ. I believe this needs to be illustrated because it says now he's going to say the, the one, the Most High, came and he's presented to, let's walk over here, It says right here in Daniel, now you stand before the Ancient of Days, it says they brought him near before him. Do you see it in the scriptures? So the Son of Man is presented to the Ancient of Days. Verse 14, then to him Jesus, the Son of Man, was given by the Father dominion and glory and The kingdom. This is happening prior to the incarnation of Christ. This is an activity that was taking place and God gives a vision to Daniel for him to see this. Holy Ghost, help me. This is not something out in your future. This is something that has already occurred. Because God is not waiting to give the kingdom to his son. He gave the kingdom and the dominion and the glory to his son (laughs) that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His kingdom, his dominion, is for an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Thank you, guys. Be seated. So, in fact, that if that had already occurred, that when Christ came as the king of the kingdom, we told you last week that there is a requirement of a king for a kingdom. The kingdom is given to the king, Then the king, according to John the first chapter, becomes flesh and dwells among us. The the magi come from the east following a star and they say, where is he born king? For we have come to worship the king. He did not become king. He was, I feel God (laughs) all over me. Mm. He came as king. And when he came, he brought the kingdom with him. Look at the screen and let's see that the kingdom of God is three things here. It's everlasting. Good place to shout. It shall not be pass away. And it cannot be destroyed. Because the enemy of the kingdom has already been defeated. He was powerless, stripped of all of his weapons, and the kingdom of God cannot be destroyed or fought against and won back. Good stuff. So, now, we, verse 18, the saints, hello saints of God, of the Most High, shall receive, what? The kingdom. And possess the kingdom for how long? And even forever and ever. Okay, we have seen that the kingdom was given by the Father to the Son. We have established that the Son brought that kingdom to the earth when he came and was born king. He told his disciples that the kingdom of God is within you. He ascends to the Father after his resurrection. I could preach on that for a couple of hours right there about his ascension. But he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians two 6, I'm going to get ahead of myself, says that we're seated with him. Matter of fact, it doesn't say it's we're seated with him, we're seated in him. We are hidden in Christ and we are seated where he is seated, in the heavenly realms. What are we doing? We are ruling and reigning with him. When? In this life, through the gift of righteousness, and the abundance of grace. But I have some confusion when we jump into the New Testament, if you'll go with me to Matthew, the 11th chapter, because we always try to give you fresh revelation to see something from a new light that may help you grow. And as you study out these scriptures, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you that it will continue to set you free, take you, bondage the grave clothes off of you, and release you into the freedom of the kingdom. Okay? It's given to the saints and we possess it forever and ever. But Matthew 11, verse 12, says that from the days of John the Baptist until now, this is Jesus speaking. The kingdom of heaven, and remember Matthew is using heaven because he wouldn't write Yahweh, so it is synonymous with the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. One translation says that the kingdom has been treated with violence and violent men were taking it. Now, this is what, my background is, okay, and I'm not belittling the background. I'm just telling you from what revelation I came from and to where God has taken me. the Where I, I heard this preach, and let me say this, sometimes what I heard preached wasn't what was being preached. <laughs> you know, preacher was preaching green, I was hearing blue, and I interpreted gray. You know, so sometimes it wasn't the preacher, it was, it was my hearing. And then I didn't go home to check it out to see what God's word was really saying, what the Holy Spirit wanted me to learn from that. But what I had learned and what I had received from the preaching that I was hearing was that we must pound the ground, snot, scream and holler and do everything that we can to violently take the kingdom of God because the kingdom of darkness was keeping us from the kingdom of God. That's not what this scripture is talking about at all. See, the kingdom of God, these, uh, until the days of John the Baptist, <laughs> the kingdom of God was suffering violence. If you would read verse 13 of Matthew 11, it says that the law and the prophets were speaking until John, but now the son is speaking. Hebrews 1 tells us that. In various times and sun times, we heard from the prophets, but now we are hearing from the son. The kingdom was being treated violently through the religious leaders who were violent men through the law. They were using the law to be violent towards people and they were impeding or stopping by force the advancement of the kingdom of God. Can you see that? How can you show me that? more clearly pastor I will show you that you don't have to fight for the kingdom based on an old covenant scripture that says that you would receive it and possess it It says nothing about a fight to obtain it then Jesus reiterates that if you'll go with me to Luke the 12th chapter verse 32 sounds like the kids are having a good time downstairs (laughs) Luke 12 32 Jesus again speaking and he says stop being afraid little flock because your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. So which is it? Do I violently fight for it, or has the Father given it to me? I believe, because I see Matthew eleven twelve. That until John the Baptist, there were forceful men trying to impede the progress, stop the advancement of the kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus had come on the scene and he was preaching the kingdom. We told you that last week. He said, my purpose, uh, Luke 4, 43, is that I have come to declare the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the gospel of the law. He was fulfilling the law so that the gospel of the kingdom could be seen and it is a gift that is given to his children and now you are heirs and if heirs join heirs and everything that Jesus has coming to him, you've got coming to you because you are an heir. That's a good place to clap your hands and say thank you, Jesus. See, what has happened in John the 10th chapter, we see that Jesus says that the thief comes but for to kill, steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life That's kingdom life, and kingdom life is not about the afterlife. My opinion, when you believed, you secured your afterlife. But what Jesus said that I've come to give you, life, zoe, that means that is a present reality of quality on earth and future implications of life eternal with him after the grave. And we focus so much of our attention about the kingdom, about working to prepare and make sure that you will be okay after life. Jesus took care of all of that at the cross. It is a finished work. And so when you believe that by faith, I still believe that it is by grace, through faith, that you are guaranteed. You're as a guarantee that when you believe and place your faith in the blood of Christ and for the forgiveness of your sins that you have secured your place in heaven. But we're trying to get people out of hell on earth because they're not enjoying life. The people are missing out on the abundant life which is kingdom life here and now. And Jesus said, Now, I've told you this before. The surface truth is that the thief and the robber is Satan. But in context of the scripture, it has nothing to do with the enemy. Jesus says in John 10, I am the door. No one enters into the sheep gate except through me. If any would come in any other way, they are both thieves and robbers. Then he gets really bold and he proclaims and he says all, somebody say all, the law and the prophets, all that have come before me are both thieves and robbers. And the thief, that religious system, has come for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. The guarantee of eternal life because of my blood, but the guarantee of abundant life because you don't have to follow a system that only leads to death. Mm. So how do we advance this kingdom? See, the tone changed. The tone from Old Covenant, the, um, the violent that were trying to take the kingdom by force are gone, and he's going to make sure that they are gone. By 70 A.D., that system has totally collapsed. Nothing to go back to. Just as the Father had prophesied in Daniel 7, he's going to give the kingdom to his saints. It's something like what Paul says in Romans eight seventeen, and I mentioned it, if you are children... Then you are heirs. I have three, no, I only have two in the building. Thank you, Mary and Natalie. You are uh, raised up on the totem pole in the heirs of the kingdom this morning. (laughs) But I have five heirs. Lisa and I have, we have things in place that our children receive an inheritance. When do they receive that? When they die? When I die. You have been given an inheritance by the Father and you are not waiting to die to receive it. The inheritance of the kingdom is for here right now. So how do we advance that? See, the advancement is the act of moving something forward, progressing, promoting something in its advancement. And the advancement of the kingdom is a visible demonstration of the rule of Holy Spirit in every area of our life. Help me, Holy Ghost. See, the kingdom must advance, progress, and be promoted in every area of my life so that when I touch anything or I leave any atmosphere or if I'm on the job, the residue of the kingdom is left behind. Would you think for just a moment with me Ask yourself this question in this moment. Everybody in the building, everybody watching online, what am I leaving behind? And I'm not talking about when you die. I'm talking about when you leave the grocery store, when you leave the school, when you leave that conversation with a friend, when you leave that homeless person that was on the street. What are you leaving behind? I'm asking myself the same question. See, we we must discern the kingdom. I believe that the song that we sang this morning Matthew ends up in Matthew 6.33 that says seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness then all of the cares and the world. if the birds of the field and the flowers don't worry about where their meal is coming from or how they're going to be clothed or how they are going to be talking, taken care of how much more? I had a conversation with a local pastor recently and we were discussing back and forth how blessed we've been with good children and how we've really never had to go through anything with our children. But if we did, we would do anything and everything to help them in air, any area of their life to get out of the hill on earth that they had created for themselves because we love them. So what makes us think that we are better, better fathers than our Heavenly Father? I'm no better than... God, He's way more loving, way more concerned, has better intentions for us than we could ever imagine. We've not, we must discern that and start believing that. We must declare the kingdom. We said last week, if the purpose of Christ was to come to preach the kingdom and we are imitating Him, then we should be t- declaring the, the kingdom. And we should be demonstrating the kingdom. In our words... In our work and in our worship, everything that we do is worship. We do it to the glory of God. It should be declaring the kingdom. I work for the city of Nitro, and by God's grace, I do that work for the excellence of the glory of God. And I believe that you could talk to anyone in the city of Nitro and any of my fellow employees, and not to toot my horn, but they are going to tell you that the kingdom of God has been left behind. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to preach to them. I don't have to shout at them or shove scriptures down their throats. I leave the residue. You should leave the residue of the kingdom, the fingerprint of God. We promote a kingdom agenda with kingdom authority. Please listen to me and allow me the freedom to share. Unfortunately, we have not been promoting in all generalities, a kingdom agenda. We've got our own selfish agenda. We have a political agenda. We have an educational agenda. We have some type of agenda that promotes us and doesn't promote the kingdom. But we should be promoting a kingdom agenda with the kingdom authority that has been given to us. Amen and amen. The spread of the kingdom simply means having more kingdom reality in the earth. Uh, we as, we started grace life having grace gatherings in december of 2012 at lisa's shop and in different places just trying to share in a round table discussion type of setting the realities and the revelation that god was sharing us and it started with grace but grace is only access to the kingdom Grace allows us access into the kingdom. Thank God it sustains us because it is a uh, grace that not only saves but sustains. Uh, It keeps us. But that's just the launching pad. It led us into kingdom. It led us into the reality of the kingdom now. Then we bumped into eschatology. Those things started becoming seen to us in the light of victorious Christology, the victory of Christ and what he has done removing fear from people. We still have a mandate from the Holy Spirit and a, a lot of times I will say that there is failure in that, but we do believe that we have a mandate to release people, release the grave clothes so that they can hear, so that they can see, so that they can walk, and so that they can move. I have an assignment this morning from the kingdom headquarters operating and a mandate of the ministry of education to bring information to you so that the kingdom can be progressive and promoted in your life and then you go out and demonstrate and declare that kingdom as well. I believe that the church of the living God, the kingdom of priests that are before me and the kingdom of priests that I run into must realize that the kingdom of God has always and will always be on the move. It has never backed up. It's never backed down. We will not back down. We will not shut down. Come on, somebody. We will not stop declaring and demonstrating the good news of the king. I believe the kingdom of God spreads or advances from person to person. People who are in close contact with one another and over longer periods of time should know that you are an heir, a son, part of the kingdom. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For all things are for your benefit so that the grace will spread to more and more people resulting in an even greater increase of thanksgiving, bringing glory. God see it's history or his story that we're telling and it's about his goodness the more closely you interact with someone the longer that interaction is the kingdom should spread I am not of the persuasion that something that you have let's just call it a demonic spirit can get on me i'm not of that persuasion used to be See, i used to think that if you went to certain places that there were spirits in those places that could get on you now if you're weak in your faith and you're not practicing your faith some things can harass you and oppress you but as a believer filled with the holy spirit the kingdom of god on the inside of me it's like jesus the kingdom's contagious it's caught, it's not taught. And Jesus, when he touched people, when he touched leprosy, leprosy didn't get on him. When he touched those that were demonically oppressed and possessed, he didn't receive a demonic spirit. Why? Because the greater one, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. We see him filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so as the Spirit of the Lord was up on him, he went about doing good, healing the sick, delivering those suppressed of the, the devil, and mending back broken hearts, and nothing that was on them got on him. Why? Because he had the he was the king of the kingdom. So please, let's get this mentality off of us that things can get on us. Now, I'm not saying that you can't open yourself up to certain things. Uh, you sure can. But just going by by virtually contact, that what's on me is greater than what's on anybody else. Peter walks through a crowd one time and people are healed, just walking through the town. That What was on them didn't get on him. What are you leaving behind? Jesus left the, the, his fingerprint and his residue on everything that he touched. That's how the kingdom is spread. I think that one of the deterrents is our perspective. We have a perspective that heaven is out there somewhere and that we are here on earth and we've got all of our efforts trying to get to a place that is celestial in another galaxy somewhere. The, the more I think about it and the more I contemplate that it's just an invisible realm that right now if the spiritual eyes would be open and we could see into the invisible realm, the spiritual beings that are in that invisible realm would begin to manifest. And I believe that just beyond the veil in that other dimension are those who have gone on to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. And so my mom is not very far off. She's just beyond the veil in that invisible realm of the kingdom of God. So our perspective must change in order for it to manifest. If you have an earthly perspective of trying to get to heaven rather than the perspective that I'm seated with Christ, in Christ, in the heavenlies, and I am an ambassador, and this is the embassy, and we are distributing and exporting the goods of the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And there's two things. Our perspective has to, it comes from position and it comes from posture. Our position is in Christ. Our posture is rest. We are resting in the finished work of the cross and our position is in Christ. Your spirit is in Christ. You are a part of an everlasting kingdom that will not, it does not, and cannot be eliminated. Now, I'm going to bring this to a close. Over the last decade or so, there has been a lot of deconstruction of religion, rightfully so, but with it has come a destruction of love, humility, and unity. I didn't say uniformity. I said unity. We are one body, many parts. The kingdom of God is fueled by and operates in and by love. So be cautious, speaking to myself as well and others that are listening, that when in our deconstruction that we are not tearing down the love of God. Because the kingdom only operates in love. We spoke last month on the manifestations of the grace of God, those gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And then Paul tells us how to use them in order in First Corinthians 14. But if you leave out the middle part, the most excellent way is love. You can speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but if you don't have love, why? Because the kingdom of God operates. Out of love, if you are sick, the gifts of healing should be in operation. Motivated by love to operate in the gifts of healing so that you are healed. If a working of miracle is needed, it's out of the heart of God for his love for people that a miracle transpires. So the kingdom of God operates and is motivated and fueled by love. So, Frank, if you'll come, for us to advance the kingdom, how should it be advanced? Through love. It's almost like the children of God, like the children of Israel, that imagery of the children of Israel, that they were in captivity to Babylon. Now, let me just chase a rabbit for one second. When we were in Daniel, and it talked about four beasts, those represent four kingdoms that have already existed in the earth. They were the Medo-Persians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, and the Romans. The Romans were the fourth beast that ate up the other three kingdoms and ruled. Okay? This is not something that's in your future. This is something that has already transpired. But Babylon, spiritually, over in Revelation, it tells us that Babylon, she's a whore. She's apostate Israel. That is an imagery of a religious system. Okay? So Babylon, Peter refers to it in 1 Peter 5.13, she who is Babylon has already been destroyed. In the history of the Jewish nation and in the history of the covenant that God made with people Israel, that covenant was fulfilled in Christ. It was not abolished. It was fulfilled. Jesus didn't come to abolish it. He even said that. He said, I came to fulfill. You can find scripture everywhere that He fulfilled one simple one, one one simple one and there's there, it's full of it why did Jesus have to be baptized? John's baptism was unto repentance to fulfill the law why? because every lamp John says behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world the Old Testament to fulfill that part of the law the lamb had to be ceremonially washed in water before it could be offered as a sacrifice Hebrews tells us he's our great high priest the high priest that offered that lamb on the day of atonement was to be ceremonially washed in water Jesus went into the water as both high priest and the lamb that would be offered no one took his life he freely offered it it's called a priestly sacrifice he fulfilled the law in that point so the history of that points to a system a religious system that has been completely and totally done away with so that all that exists and stands is the kingdom of God and now it's not a shadow of things to come the substance is faith that ought to make you happy now even in the Old Testament God used evil King Cyrus and Artaxerxes and he sent a remnant to Jerusalem to rebuild the kingdom see the plan has always been redemptive and restorative the kingdom of God is still a redemption plan and a restorative plan. See, the law will take your life and your wife and everything else from you, but the, the Spirit will give you your life back. In the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, we learned that what God was doing and what He was going to do in Christ was to advance or spread the kingdom. Now let's all stand in this last Three things that I want to give you be on the screen, Lord helping. A word from the Father empowers a son and stirs the progression of the kingdom. I get gyro. I'll never be loved more than I am right now. That's what the Father says. I know what he said over my life that i'm accepted that i'm his beloved that i'm an heir and a joint heir the word from the father will stir the heart of a son and the kingdom will progress it will advance and move forward but you see if your perspective is that thought that's not what the father says over me then you struggle of how the father sees you you're going to always be trying to earn your way into and try to take it by force when it's been a gift that's been handed to you. The Spirit's power enables us to advance the kingdom. And it's grace or Christ Himself who sustains the advancement of the kingdom. It's a work of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit who help us advance the kingdom of God. I look at it this way. God's going to advance the kingdom whether I get involved in it or not. What a privilege and a joy it is to get involved with it and see the advancement of the kingdom in my own life, in the life of my family, in the life of my church family, and in the world. Um, See, I believe that when we gather together in the embassy, I was... Had lunch with a Church of Christ pastor this week from Nitro. He t- who just took a group of people to Greece. What an amazing trip! They went to the Isle of Patmos. They went to Crete. They went, just a great trip. But someone lost their passport on that trip. Guess where they had to go? They had to go to the embassy. See, it's in the embassy where <laughs> it's <laughs> it's in the embassy where they can tell you you are who you really say you are (laughs) Bright is visiting us from Ghana if he would lose his papers he would have to go to an embassy where they have record that he is part of Ghana your citizenship is of heaven and we are here in the embassy today to distribute to you the goods of the kingdom so that you can go and distribute them and export them Everywhere you go, what are you leaving behind? I hope it's the residue of the kingdom. So bow your heads and contemplate just for a moment. The Holy Spirit will remind you of your sonship. But along with that sonship, He will begin to give you instruction on how to advance the kingdom. So he, will, he deals with me in areas of correction sometimes where I have to correct my speech, I have to correct my attitude, I have to correct and redirect. He's redirecting me a lot of times. Why? So that I leave the residue of the kingdom behind and I'm not leaving behind my agenda, my opinion, my political view. It's the kingdom. That's the only mandate we have as sons and daughters is to leave the kingdom everywhere we go. Jesus continue to help me to lose my desire to be right and help me in the advancement of the kingdom in my words, in my actions, in my worship that all that we do is for the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom. Jaira, you are more than enough. You've always been enough. You'll always be enough. We don't have to add anything to Jesus. He is perfect theology. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I had someone send me a private message that I grew up with this week and they said, how do you baptize? I said, in water. And they said, really, what do you baptize? Because she's being told that she has to be baptized a certain way. And I said, I, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I end my prayer in Jesus' name as I end all of my prayers in Jesus' name. Because it's like we said, when I speak the name of Jesus, there's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. There's life in that name. Would you just lift your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you afresh with liquid love. From your fingertips to your toe tips, Holy Spirit, We desire liquid love, fresh and new. Baptism this morning of liquid love. Go ahead and sing that one more time as we just minister to the Lord for the next few minutes.